Welcome to church. This is the Sunday that's known as Palm Sunday, where each year the body of Christ globally remembers the day that Christ entered the gates at the city on the back of a donkey. The people in the city welcomed him there that day and were glad to see him. And the Bible says that they threw palm branches and thankful we have some representation up here on the floor today of those. And as they were throwing the palm branches as he was entering the city, it was a gesture and they was calling out and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was a declaration that they accepted him. That they believed in the miracles that they had watched him perform in the previous three years. They'd saw great things and they'd saw things like Lazarus coming out of the tomb. They'd heard the stories. They saw the man with the withered hand stretch forth and become made whole. So the guy at the pool of Bethesda that had never walked raise up and walk. That saw the blind see. And when you see miracles, it increases your faith. When you see miracles, it encourages you to believe for your situation. And I don't know about you, but I still believe in the miracle-working power of God. Amen. It's still relevant for today. I've read all the pundits that say that the miracles are gone, they're ceased, they no longer need to exist. And you'll see those folks that come out with those platitudes saying those things. When they get up against the wall... And something hits them, they begin to pray. They begin to call on God, and they'll ask for these things. The naysayers will become yaysayers when they're in need. And God doesn't turn them away and say, no, because you didn't believe before, I'm going to shut you down. He says, come unto me, right? All you that are heavy laden and laboring, and I will give you rest for your souls. Come. He's, he's an inviting God. He's not a dismissing God. He's not a press you down God. He's a God that says, come and let me cleanse you of all your unrighteousness, of all your misdeeds, of all your sin. Let me do the work that you cannot do. So today, let's do the same thing, and let's welcome Christ, first of all, to our lives. Let's welcome him to our town. Let's welcome him to our city, to our holler, to our hillside, to our rock farm. That's what me and Leslie have. We've got 60 acres, and it's a rock farm. It won't even grow trees, so we grow rocks. 
Thank God for rocks. Leslie says less grass to cut. That's a true statement. Growing up, I remember Chester and Velma Stanball, and Chester, I've told this story multiple times, but some of you may not have ever heard me say it, and Chester would, uh, he had a dump truck, and he'd go down to the creek and load it full of creek gravel and pour it on the yard. That's his way of mowing. Just put a bunch more rock on it, gravel. I don't know how deep the creek gravel was whenever the double-way highway come through Schultz Fork, but I assure you this, they found a big pile. Can't say that you could go up there and play a lot because there's a lot of snakes <laughs> laying around on the hot rocks, but he didn't have to mow. It's often been said that desperate times calls for desperate measures. If you're here today, broken, shattered, bewildered, stumbling, and feel like you're just drifting through life day after day with no change, I'm glad you're here. I feel like God has you here for a reason. Maybe you're just the opposite. And your situations are that you're blessed, that you're sheltered, you're beaming, you're strong in your faith. No matter which group you find yourself in, I can assure you this, that we're all in need of God to direct our path in the good times and the bad, on the mountaintop and in the valley. I need his guidance. I need his voice. I need his Holy Spirit to guide me through this life. But today I want us to look at a couple of different portions of scripture and verses and the name of this is fill your choice with hope look at your neighbor and say fill your choice, fill choice. with hope. hope how many knows you have a choice Even the most oppressed, imprisoned, even the slaves, with all their freedom stripped of them, bound in chains, forced to work, they took away everything they could in this human form. But there's one th thing they could not take from them, and that was their choice. Aren't you thankful for a choice? And the power of the choice is a vessel that we can pour other things into. 
And it's amazing that a lot of our old spiritual songs that we've heard throughout our lives were from the slaves of America that were burdened down with the cares of this life and put in unfortunate situations and truly in the most appropriate term that I can think of is ungodly. You're awful quiet. When we as humans think we have a right to own other humans, <laughs> we're on the wrong side of justice. But in the midst of their pain and their suffering and their trials and their afflictions, they yet had a choice. And in those choices, they would still do the things they were required to do. They would be out picking in the fields and doing the things that they were mandated to do. And in the midst of those, they would choose to continue singing from the inside out. There's no wonder they have rhythm. There's no wonder that their harmony is impeccable. And I believe God heard the cries of their heart. You see, the reason I'm speaking to these things is because it is basically a picture of what Jesus' very own people, that was their plight in life in the day when Jesus walked through those hills, through those hollers, through those valleys, through those mountains, through those cities. They were a people that were oppressed. The Roman armies had come in, came in and, and they had conquered all the land. They had all the control, they had all the earth's goods, and they oppressed the people in whom they lorded over. But in the midst of that, we love the Christmas story of this couple given a promise. Of angels coming meeting them where they were. In the midst of their bondage, freedom came running. Aren't you glad the little baby boy was born in that town of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago to set us free? Because in bondage, we were in chains. Our sin had separated us from God but he come to set the captive free. That was them in their physical state, but it was also all of us in our spiritual state. Amen. I was born into sin, but Jesus come to set us free. And we got a choice of whether we accept that freedom or we put it off or wait till a better time or 
clean ourselves up and get ourselves ready or I'll do it when I want to. Anybody out there like that? I'll do it when I want to. You know why? Because it's my choice. But here's the thing we don't understand. Who gave us that choice? <laughs> that choice is ours today because of what God did. We only have a choice because he allows us to have a choice. And you better be glad today and thankful today that you have a choice. And you need to thank him for giving you the ability to have that choice. I've been thinking all week about choices and how important they are. And there's some big choices and there's some little choices. There's some choices where others will choose for you. Amen. Anybody got like that? Somebody like that around? Oh, she just looked up. Sorry. I was meant to point out there somewhere. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm raising a man child. <laughs> mm, thank you, Amen. Sometimes I'm glad she makes the choices so I don't have to because I can't take the blame when it all falls apart. I didn't choose that. Yes, you did. I told you you did. But those choices that we make have expectations. And as we choose those, we evaluate the situation. We evaluate all the pros and cons, and we try to truly think through in our mind and process the choices that we make and Maybe I'm not speaking to everybody in the room. Maybe you're one of the ones that just nonchalantly go through life and just choice on a whim and hope you make it. There's others that think way too much. Any overthinkers in the room? <laughs> Guilty of trying to think about it way too much. There's others in the room that don't think near enough. And if you didn't raise your hand a minute ago, you're probably one of them. But at least you know who you are. <laughs> choices. But as I was thinking about those choices this week, I began to think about that I want to fill my choices with hope. That I want to put and pour more expectation in my choice. That I want to add it to it. I want to make the cake that much better with more ingredients. Amen? There's no need to pour Tabasco in a cake mix. <laughs> Maybe somebody does. I don't know. They got some fancy stuff out there today. I was born and raised where you had a little flour. Pour little eggs in there. A little oil, right? Get, get all this stuff mixed up and conjured up. Little vanilla, not too much. That stuff is pretty good as long as it's in the right amount. It's pretty sour in and of itself. Cocoa, one of the greatest things ever, right? Nothing better, better, JR, than a big slab of chocolate cake. Man, it makes it good. 
but get you a big old spoonful of cocoa and just throw it in your mouth, it will gag you like you've never been gagged. Some things just need covered up. Some of those ingredients have to be blended together. The emulsion takes place where the, it literally changes at almost a molecular level of what is happening in that mix. And there's some bad things in that mix. But amen, whatever you get all the right parts and all the right ingredients and all the right amounts, and you put it in that oven, and you bake it for just the right amount of time, maybe 350, 25 minutes. You got the icing sitting over on the counter ready. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And you pull it out of that oven, it's, it's raised up there, and it's just a big glorious looking pound of cake. And you put that icing on there, and your lips are just, they're just watering, waiting for the moment where you can get the milk out and pour it in the bowl with the cake. Anybody with me? Yeah, get you a big slab of cake, throw it in a bowl and pour some milk in it. Watch and see what it does for you. It'll change your life. <laughs> Leslie won't try it. She says it's soup. It's the best soup I've ever ate. Crackers are good in milk too. Cornbread in milk. Uh-oh, we, we got some amens and hallelujahs and hosannas going on in here now. But when we make those choices, it's kindly like a cake. And in those choices, sometimes they join together with other choices. And our outcomes are dependent on what we're putting in. And some of those things don't taste so good. But if they're all put together in a well-oiled machine and we're following the pattern that God has given for us, it's going to be good in the end. But I'd like to have some hope in my choice. And I don't know what things you have need of today, but I know the Savior of the world that knows your very need. Jesus said, my Father knows your needs. And it says that he will supply them according to his riches, amen, in Christ Jesus. God's got you covered. Whatever you need today, he's got that covered. He also cares about your desires. They're not a need, they're a little bit above and beyond. And maybe you don't even deserve it. Maybe there's folks around you in your family in your work environment that says you don't deserve that. But amen, if we got some choices to make and we make some decisive decisions and we do that with some information that God has equipped us to make wise choices and we put some hope up in that stuff, amen, and we just keep praying the prayers and if we keep believing and we keep pouring in to those choices and saying I'm filling them with hope. Day after day, week after week, year after year, and it may seem like it goes on forever, just keep adding another dose of hope. Keep it alive.
Don't give up. Why? Because God is well able to meet you in due season. And his timing is a lot better than your timing, I assure you. And when I say your timing, I'm included in that mess. And I know for sure that God allows things to be added. And I want to read these verses to you in 2 Peter verses 5 through 10. It says, But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it takes this, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus this. Amen? Just keep on adding to it. Amen? Just keep on pouring into it. Keep on giving. When others say, that's stupid, there's no reason, give up, there's no hope, it's all gone, why are you still continuing to pray for that thing? Why are you still leaning in? Just give up, God ain't going to do it. But if you're still breathing air, let me tell you something. It's time to rise up and say, I'm not doing that. I made a choice, and I've got a promise from God, and I'm going to keep on pouring in hope. You may lose all hope, but I have enough, and I'm going to pour a little more in. Placing my hope and trust in Him and His ability, not mine. Because if I could fix it, I already would have fixed it. Amen? If I could have healed it, I would have already healed it. Verse 9 says, He who likes these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Listen to that. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. I thank God that Peter, the apostle, the loudmouth, amen, the cusser, Amen, the one where Jesus was up on that mountain that day and they was coming to get him and Peter drew his sword and cut a guy's ear off and Jesus said, not in my house, not up in this church, Peter, you're not cutting people's ear off. You may want to kill, steal, and destroy, but guess what, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And it says that Jesus picked up that ear and placed it back on that individual and he was healed instantly. That's the Savior we serve. The people that were coming to take him captive, he even healed them. And in our human nature, we say that individual had handcuffs. He was there with an army going to tackle this little bitty nobody named Jesus. And he's going to take him captive and go do these brutal things to him. And why in the world would Jesus heal him? Because Jesus heals whoever he wills. And it's not his will that any perish. <laughs> Amen. It's not his will. That's Peter's words in, in chapter 3 of these very uh, second Peter that we're talking about here. It's not his will that any perish, but all come to repentance. God don't want you in hell.
We'd place a lot of people there if it was up to us. Maybe you're one of the two holy ones that's never done it. In the midst of your anger, <laughs> when they got up on your last nerve. And the beautiful thing is, Jesus says it ain't just what we say, but it's even what we think. Amen. Talking about the guy with adultery that time, you know, if you just even think in your heart, you've already committed adultery with her already. Thoughts matter. And the thoughts you think toward one another matter. Amen. And you may be sitting around thinking in your solitude and in your moments of silence and in your pity party and in your anger and you're sitting there thinking, man, I hope they burn in hell. I hope. That's not God's will. Amen. He made heaven so he could have a big party. And he wants as many as he can get there to come there. And he gives us a choice of whether we go there or not. And it's your decision and my decision to decide today, am I going to go there or am I going to go there? He's not going to put you there. You're going to choose your own path. Hope. What is hope? The meaning of hope, according to the dictionary, says to cherish a desire with anticipation. To want something to happen or to be true. To cherish a desire with anticipation. If I'm going to hope and put some hope in my choice that I've made, I'm anticipating that something will happen. But anticipation... that is burdened down with time begins to wane the level of anticipation, doesn't it? The Old Testament says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. If your hope is deferred, if your hope is put off, it will make your heart sick. And waiting is not fun. But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. There are so many places in the Bible that tells us those that wait on God. And it may seem like it's taking him too long. It may seem like it's being uh, held back from you. And it may seem like that he's mean for some reason because you don't have that thing, that choice, that desire that you have. But guess what? He knows what he's doing. You just have to trust he knows what he's doing. Place your hands in his hand and let him guide you. Let him lead you. Let him walk you along that life's journey. And let him see and watch and see if it's not perfect when it comes to pass. I love it that his... Beautiful Apostle Peter wrote those words. Another apostle, I believe Paul, was the author of Hebrews, and it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. I just love the book of Hebrews, and, and chapter 11 is my favorite 
chapter out of all of Hebrews, and, and verse 6 is my favorite verse out of all of that. But if you narrow it down to that, but I'm going to read to you today the first and the beginning parts of Hebrews 11. This is verse 1, 2, 3, and through 3. It says, faith, everybody say faith. faith. It's the confidence that those things that we hope for will actually happen. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you hoping for? <laughs> what kind of choices are you making today? Are you deciding here today and sitting here thinking, I'm going to put my attention towards this thing. I'm going to set my eyes as flint towards that thing. I'm going to walk in faith towards that thing. I'm going to hope in that thing, and I'm going to see it actually happen. It goes on and says, it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Is there anybody in this room that's hoping for something that you haven't saw come to pass yet? Is there any prayers that you have out there that you haven't saw come to fruition yet? That you've been praying for a while and maybe you've been going through a season and like Leslie said, that we walk in this place and, and, and all of us are walking on different paths and at different junctures in life. But as we walk in this place today, what are you hoping for today? What are you choosing today? And it's easy to get downcast and it's easy to come in with a what what do they call it, the kind of face that uh, <laughs> I don't know what you talking about. That grouchy face you always have. What <laughs> that, that. I'm not gonna say the name. I'm 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 <laughs> Sour. Yeah, That's good, Joe Don. There we go. Sour face. I'm not gonna say yeah. the acronym letters and don't act like y'all are too spiritually thinking of it. Uh, no. That happened, I got that face once I got married. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say that in the house of the Lord. <laughs> not even going to spell it. We all know that face, don't we? Yeah, and men have it too. So. No, we don't. Yeah, do. We're angels, ain't we, JR? Men are angels. Yeah. Not to get genderized in here or anything. It's... It's been said, and we done a few years ago, and talked about the percentages, and it's astounding how many Christians are known as sour people, according to Joe Don. I used to say that walking around to Molly Grubs all the time, Leslie said she didn't know what that was. I don't either. I just heard it all my life, and kind of makes sense. They talk about President Lincoln, you know, he had a big calling. He had a lot of weight on his shoulders. Melancholy was the word they used back then, and the Bible says that why are you why is why are you so downcast, my soul? I think the steady drips of life wears us down; that it puts us in a state of mind that takes us down paths that we shouldn't go down. Troubles are on every side. Amen. This is a perplexing life. But one thing we need to do, the Bible says the joy of our Lord is our strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord. And if we could walk around smiling a little more. Amen. I saw a young man's post yesterday and 
He's one of them guys. He's just always been smiling. He's like born with a natural born smile. You know them kind of people? You know who I'm talking about. You're aggravated by them too. Don't act like you know. It's like they're, they're born with, and their just face is just conditioned to just smile. It's just like, I'm like, what's wrong with you, dude? I know you're going to have a bad day. No, not really. Just everything's hunky-dory. He's talking, and he, he moved to a different town, and he, he drove down to the fast food restaurant of his choice, and he ordered him a big double cheeseburger and got that box and got that bag and got all the stuff for his wife and driving home and just salivating over that you know just hopeful and waiting and man this just smells good and gets all the way home and opens up the bag and they put out the food and you get it set out and he looks down and it's not a double but it's a single <laughs> heaven forbid we don't get our double there's double for my trouble, amen? But I can imagine this big smiley face, happy-go-lucky cat. And even if he was mad, it looked like he's smiling at the woman in the window. Even he, and he said he got in his truck, and he's going to drive back down there, and he's thinking these thoughts of anger and how he's going to just, I can't believe you ripped me off my extra burger. I, I paid you for it. I asked for it. I specific. said he's driving down the road and the Lord checked him. Come on, somebody. We all need a good checking sometime. Even his big smiling face couldn't cover over what he's fixing to do. Amen? And as he's driving down through there, the Lord checked him, he said. And the Lord told him, you know, this is how you're going to act when you get down there to that window. And you're allowed to go back to the window. So he, he drove back down to the window, pulled through there, and he said, um, ma'am, uh, I'm, I, 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 I I think you may have forgotten one of my pieces of my burger on this, and, and I, I just want to let you know, but I'm so thankful that you guys serve us as a community, and I'm just thankful that you're down here working. and he just, just pouring it on because that's what God told him to do, just pour on the blessing. Just make them feel good about it. They made a mistake. There's no sense of ridiculing them. There's no sense telling them how stupid they are, and that's the reason you only make 725, and, you know, we can all do what we want to do, right? Amen. But God said, no, that ain't the way it works. Drive up in there and say, I just need my other burger, please. And he says he drove away after he got his burger fixed. And when he got home, he opened it up and he said, there was three slabs of meat up on that sandwich. Amen. And if you and I would have went through there and give them the disdain and pointed our fingers and blamed and ridiculed and done all those things, we'd have got our second burger with a big honker in between it. There's nothing wrong with a Christian being nice. Amen. we got a choice to make. What are we going to do? Let's put some hope in it. The world needs some hope sauce today. Is there anybody in here believes that with me? That our world seems like it's in shambles? But guess what? That don't mean that God's not in control. It means that the devil's running around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But guess what Jesus said? I have come that you would have life and life more abundantly. He has given us the power of choice to make a difference in this pitiful world. And he's operating today and encouraging us as a body to say, believe with me. And as you go on your way and do what you do and live this life that you're living, add hope to those that you come in contact with. 
Because most of the time, what we will do for others is what we're going to have to come back upon us. Amen? And if you will help others' dreams to come true, if you'll get out there and begin to plow and get you a brother or sister in Jesus believing and trusting and praying and been years looking for something, maybe they're desiring some things, and just get in there with them and link arms with them and pray with them and encourage them, add hope to their mess. With the same measure that we sow, that shall we also reap. I believe in the power of choice. Angels in heaven were given a choice. And the saddest part is, it says in Isaiah, that one-third of the angels in heaven, one-third, 33% of the angels that were in heaven made a choice. Because old Lucifer said, I want to sit in that seat. Lucifer had his own seat. Did you know that the devil was once in heaven? The Bible says he was in heaven. He was the choir leader. And as he was up there, one of, and he, he was this created being that God created, but he made a choice that my seat is not good enough. And whenever he got this coup going, that he decided he was going to make a coup to go after God, guess what's up? You're barking up the wrong tree. Amen. You can make that choice if you want to, but that's a pretty dumb choice. Amen. Maybe you're sitting beside somebody that's made some dumb choices. Amen. JR, why are you, why are you mumbling over there? <laughs> oh, you're talking, you're talking to yourself. Okay, I, I get it. Um, Earl was amening you. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was, I was wondering what was going on there. But, those angels, that the devil went out and he, he got the angels and he began to tell them, man, wouldn't it be awesome if I could sit in God's seat? And imagine this. These angels were created by God. And it says that the devil got to a third of them and caused them to decide, I'd rather follow him than him. Heaven help us. I don't want to follow anybody but Jesus. Amen? Put not your trust in man. Amen? Put your trust in Almighty God. Don't put your trust in the dollar. Don't put your trust in the stock market. Don't put your trust in anything. Amen? I'm not telling you to not make wise choices. Do that. Invest. Do the things that they tell you to do. But don't put all of your eggs in the baskets here on this planet. A third of the angels decided, I'm going to follow Lucifer because I want to see him set in the seat. And Isaiah says, how quickly I saw you flung from heaven as lightning. That, that, that battle didn't last long. Amen? A third of the angels with Lucifer himself was no battle for God. It says, as lightning, I saw you flung from heaven. Those angels were flung down to this place that we're living on today called earth. And as that happened in that instant, the battle was over before it ever got started. Do you think God was taken by surprise that the Lucifer was doing that? 
that he was out there trying to get people to make some bad choices. God wasn't taken by surprise. He knew it all along. You can't put a coup on God. He's God Almighty. He knows all things. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere we are. There I am. I made my, my bed in the belly of hell, David said, and yet there you were. You cannot outrun God. You cannot outthink Him. You cannot outpower Him. He is it. The choice was made and they was kicked out of heaven. And they were chained. They're chained in hell today because of the choice they made. Adam and Eve were plussed on this earth. And I, I believe that the Garden of Eden was here on this earth and, and they were placed here on this earth and it was created a perfect scenario and as that place of perfection was there, God put one tree in the middle of that whole area of perfection, this Garden of Eden, one thing. He said, do whatever you want. It's all yours. But don't eat of this tree. Because the day you eat it, you'll die. You've watched the cartoons. Amen. Moped right up over there. I can imagine them out there. Man, I don't have to cook. I don't have to clean. I don't have to sew. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to work. Nothing going on. I'm just going to, what am I going to do? I'm going to lower and lean. Just get a little closer to it, a little closer to it. Next thing you know, it just becomes common. Second place, you know, it's just kind of there. And I'm just getting too close to this. And next thing you know, it's like you can't help but touch it. Come on, somebody. Be careful. How close you allow yourself to get to the enemy. Because he's hunting you down. And Jesus told Peter, he wants to sift you as wheat. And that choice, what choice did they make? Paul says he took that fruit, forbidden fruit, whatever it was. He thinks it's an apple. I don't know. I don't say. She partook of it and she handed it to Adam. And I know Adam's always blamed Eve. And Eve's always blamed the devil. But both of them had a choice. Amen. We can blame everybody else all we want. We can say, I can't believe that I was born in this kind of poverty. I can't believe I was born in this kind of situation. I can't believe I was, had to endure this as a child. I can't believe. And we can put all those choices and all those things off on everybody else. But guess where the choice comes right back to? You and I. What are you going to do? They made a choice in that garden. And it's a bad choice. It brought sin into humanity. And you and I have felt the effects of it. There was no death. There was no sorrow. There was no work. Hallelujah. The disciples were given a choice. Jesus came up to them and he said, come follow me. They didn't have to. He didn't say, Dusty, you have to follow me. He said, come follow me. Give him a choice. Do you want to follow me or not? I'm the Messiah. <laughs> I'm God's very own son. You may have heard of the story of a little baby boy 
being born a few years ago, about 30 years ago, but you got a choice to make. What are you going to do with that choice? We all have choices. choice is pretty simple. You going to follow me or not? I'm asking you. But do you really want to or not? Corinthians 10 says this, there is no temptation taking you, but what is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But with the temptation is also made a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. And I know there's a few people sitting in here that's got those branches. And on a Palm Sunday, where the day can decide Am I going to make a way where Jesus and I'm going to make his triumphal entry worth something to him? Am I going to lay it on the ground? Am I going to put it down? And I'm going to say, here is all that I have and it is yours. Those people that stood on that street that they had to decide, was they going to say Hosanna or not? Glory to God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was the decision they had to make. And they made it. Aren't you glad that they did? No temptation. So you can't say that the devil made you do it. He can't make you do anything. There need to be more amens than that. I said the devil can't make you do anything. God gave you a choice. Amen. And I'm thankful for that choice, Rick. That the Heavenly Father entrusted to me a choice to decide what am I going to do and there's some big choices needs to be made in here today and some of you are sitting here with situations and you're going to have to decide what are you going to do he's giving you a choice first off I think you have to decide am I going to go to heaven or not he's not going to make you go he provided a way for you to get out a hell we're all destined for there because Adam needs sin we're all destined for hell but he said he made an escape there's no temptation overtaking you but that's what's common to man he made a way of escape that escape is Jesus what are you going to do with that so you have to accept it or say no not really I think I'll just do it my way and that won't end well so if you bow your head and close your eyes. If there's any here, if you don't know him as your personal savior, if, if you've never given him your life, if you've never trusted him, 
to make a way for you to get to heaven if you've never accepted his son Jesus and the blood and the cross of Calvary. And you're sitting here today saying, I, Pastor, I don't want to go to hell. I know I'm heading that way and I don't want to go. And I'm ready to make a choice that I want to go to heaven because I want to go where God's at. And I want to worship Him forever. And I want eternity to be long and joyous. If you're making that choice today in this place, nobody looking around, everybody heads bowed, eyes closed. If you've never given Him your life, you're sitting in this place today and you're saying, I want to go to that place you're talking about, preacher. I just want you to lift up your hand and say, that's me. Amen. 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 Anybody else? I want to make heaven my home. I want to trust Him with my salvation. Thank you for those hands. If there's anybody in here today and maybe you've known Him before and you've turned back and Peter talks about that. that it's in the very last part of Second Peter chapter 1 that we read about. But you've turned away and you've walked away from the things that you once knew and the freedom that God gave you. You've abandoned His Son and you've found yourself right back out in the world and doing the things that you know that you don't need to be doing. And today in this place, He's calling forwards and He's asking us all, stop abandoning me for the cares of this world. Lean back in. Come walking back in. I'm accepting you and calling you to come back. Come back home. If that's you in this place today, that you need to return to Him and recommit your life to Him. Saying, I walked away, but today's the day I'm coming home. I'm going to make you the Lord of my life all over again, refreshed, renewed. If that's you in this place today, I just want you to lift up your hand. Anybody here? Amen. 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 Is there others? Amen. So beautiful to see folks raise their hands and make these decisions and these choices and fill it with some hope. And I can just sense right now that as they've made that decision and they raise their hand and they're making this choice that they're just pouring hope in that vessel of choice. And they're saying, God, I'm, I'm putting my hope and my trust in you. And I know he's going to meet them right where they're at. And I know that they're as saved and sitting in that seat as they ever will be. And I'm thankful for that. There's other folks in this room today. You're sitting here and you've made some bad choices. You've broken some trust with God and some choices we make and I, I'm included. I just mess it up. And I need him to clean up some of my choices and I want a clean slate. I want him to forgive me for my bad choices. For some mess ups and slip ups and And I need to, a clean slate to make some new choices. Is that you in this place today? Just lift up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I, I need a clean slate. 
I've made some messed up choices. And God's fixing to fix some things because he can set all things new and I need him to do just that in this place today. Amen. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for those that raise their hand for salvation, for renewal, for refreshing, for rededication. God, for those that lifted their hands saying they need a, a clean slate and they need to come out of this place today with, with a fresh new blank slate that they can make some wise choices according to your word. That you're going to place their trust in you. That you're going to abandon all these things and all these trials and all these tribulations. And they're going to take the escape route, which is you and your son. God, I thank you so much for what you've done. God, I pray over this body known as the bridge. I pray you go before them today that you make a way where there seems to be no way, just as the song we sang earlier. God, I pray that you set some paths straight. God, I pray that you would just go down these uh, uh, avenues, Lord, that you need to go down. And, Lord, that you would lead and guide your people according to your word. Lord, that truth would prevail. And that hope would be restored. God, I pray for those sitting in the room today that when I said they need to take hope and pour it in a vessel, that they said theirs is empty. God, I pray that you would fill them with hope in this moment right now. That as they're sitting here in despair, in discouragement, that they have no strength left, God, I pray that you come pouring in through your Holy Spirit a dose of hope into their life. Give them fresh vision. That they would walk in your newness, God. Filled with hope filled with encouragement. Help us as we go out into the highways and byways this week to compel people to come, to come to the high school next week with us, God, that you would just bring people in. Lord, that they would be able to hear a message of your son Jesus. Lord, that you would make their hearts ready and pliable. God, make us encouragers as a people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Love God, love people. Be a blessing to somebody this week. Make sure and bring a truckload of people or a van load or a semi-load or a bus load or whatever you've got to church next week. We're looking forward to a great time at the high school. We love you. You're dismissed.